These days in society, there may be arguments over just a small amount of money, not even 500 baht, and there can even be killing over it, like a husband and wife who are killed over something really trivial, over a haircut. The hairdresser's customer was looking at his phone and didn't notice the hairstyle he was given, and when it was finished, the customer wasn't satisfied with it, and so an argument arose over it. They continued to argue and wouldn't back off. So everyone may have a fleeting emotion coming up, of thoughts of wanting to harm others, thoughts of wanting to steal, thoughts of wanting to kill. This is just a quick passing thought arising. But if then someone broke their sila, morality or moral precepts, then this would cause chaos and troubles. But in reality, people are just harming the other person's body. But that body doesn't know anything. It is a medium coming from the mind. The mind gives orders and sends it to the brain. And then the brain orders an action. But we people just focus on the criticism, scolding and arguments, so they can be killing and causing death. Or someone who wants to be rich, and then they cheat others. A lot of people end up losing their money and become distressed. Why? It's because the people are smart, but smart in the way of incorrect wisdom. So they act like this. But those with sila, they are smart with wisdom. They don't cheat others. They are patient, generous, and are afraid of doing bad deeds. They listen to others, and they act rationally. This is called having the seven noble wealths, which are faith, sila, wise shame, fear of the consequences of wrongdoing, wide learning, generosity, and wisdom. These are the excellent noble wealths in the hearts of people. As for people's external wealth, there can be fights over it, from fighting on a small scale up to a big scale, like fighting over natural resources, whether it is oil or various minerals, they fight and dispute over them, until there are wars and it's all in chaos. But for those with sila, even if they have wealth, the wealth isn't taken from them and fought over. Because they are people who have built goodness before. They have the seven virtues that I've explained. So it shows that this person is one who has built a lot of barami, spiritual perfections. And here, when those in a relationship live their lives together, if they have the same level of sila, the same level of faith, of generosity and wisdom, then the husband and wife can live together with happiness. This we call being equal with noble virtue. When they are equal in noble virtues like this, then the family life has happiness accordingly. But at times we see that we will have some negative emotions coming up. We do want to argue a bit, but we need to endure it. We see that no benefit will come from it. We are attaching and clinging to our reasons why we are right and why others are wrong. So Venerable Ajahn Chah said for us to try to contemplate 
that we are just seeing from our own reasoning. There is right and wrong. But we will try to make our mind be above causes and above results, outside of happiness and above suffering, outside of birth and above death, above wrong and above right. Can we do this? When we take reasoning as a basis of what we talk about, then we will argue about it like this without end. And it doesn't matter what it's about. It may take many years arguing over it like this. This is because it's about our own reasoning. But if it's gone outside of causes and above results, then there is no me, no mine. Then we will be liberated from suffering, liberated from attachment, and liberated from views and conceit. So it is important that the family has the five moral precepts. It is the foundation of our life that closes off the lower realms. A Sotapanna stream-enterer keeps the five precepts purely. There is no intention to take the life of any living being. So when we have family, then may we have the five precepts. This is the foundation of our mind. Then when we die, we will not fall to the lower realms. And death is not just the death of the body and flesh. There is death each day, death with each in and out breath. So when we have sila, then we will have a life that is smooth, not drinking alcohol, taking drugs, not gambling. We dissuade each other from doing these. So in society it is chaotic because there is online gambling, addiction to games, drinking alcohol and having no mindfulness at all, then driving, harming our life and harming the lives of others. This is intoxication. It makes the family life have no happiness. Having children and grandchildren, but there is no happiness in that family. So sila is an important virtue. And there was one venerable senior monk who had many lay people come to pay respects to him. One lay person asked him why there were so many lay people coming to pay respects to him. He answered, All the lay people come because of the fragrant scent of sila. Because this sila is fragrant which can go against the wind. The fragrance of all the flowers will go with the wind. Which direction the wind blows? The fragrance follows that direction. But this sealer, no matter how far away, it can be smelt by others. So the people paid respect to him, and this senior monk was Venerable Ajahn Kao Analeyo, who was a senior disciple of the founder of our Thai forest tradition, Venerable Ajahn Man Buridato. As for sealer, there is the Dhamma that comes as a pair with it. So for us to maintain sila, we need to have dhamma as well. And that is the pancha dhamma, the five dhammas. The first is metta, goodwill, and karuna, compassion, which is paired with the first precept. When we have metta and karuna, then we aspire for ourselves to have happiness and aspire for others to have happiness as well. Then we don't want to harm the lives of others. But as we are still leading our lives, we sometimes need to be supported by food 
which comes from the life of other beings. So let us contemplate that this is their body and flesh, but we need to be supported by it to lead our life, but we have no intention to kill. May this merit and goodness be received by the owner of this flesh. So this is an example. The second Dhamma is Samma Ajiwa, right livelihood, which is earning our living with no evil mind, which breaks Sila Dhamma. When we get wealth, we use it to support ourselves and our family well. We don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't set up Ponzi investment schemes. These start with small amounts and get bigger, bringing more people in, then hooking them in till it grows from 10 million baht to 100 million to 1 billion and to 10 billion baht. And later the people who suffer can amount to 10,000 families. It is chaos. People saved money all their lives and it's all gone from this investment Ponzi scheme. So this is the precept of Adinadana, stealing. It is leading life incorrectly and is wrong livelihood. It is lying and cheating. And when there is lying and cheating, living in this way, then this is tied into the fourth precept, which is not having such a truthfulness. Speaking lies, speaking to cheat others of their wealth. It breaks Sila Dhamma and is against the law. And all those who make money in this way, we can see that it all goes bad for them. As for restraint in living the life of a couple, it is restraint in sexual craving. This is paired with the third precept. We need to have patience, having things in the right amount, and have satisfaction with the life of a couple. So establish oneself with a lot of restraint. Then we will stay within this sila dhamma. As for the fifth precept, this is having mindfulness. This is the Dhamma of not being heedless. When we have mindfulness, we aren't drunk. We don't drink alcohol and wine. If we drink one glass, is it breaking the precept? The word sila means normal. If we drink one glass and we are normal, we drink one glass of wine and we're normal, then it's not breaking sila. But if we drink and then we aren't normal, it shows it has started a bit, a little. But we then are restrained and have mindfulness. We go to the bedroom and we don't cause trouble for anyone. It may be making our body, one's low blood pressure, better. But however it is, we need to be careful. Because if there's one glass, then there may be the second and third glass. This we have to be mindful with. After the first glass, we may just go to sleep and rest, and then this may not have so much negative results for our body. But we must be careful as well. But if we don't drink alcohol at all, then this is best. As this then is sure and complete, we are a hundred percent human. So one who has sila and dhamma, it needs to go in pairs like this. And then when we aspire to wealth, rank, praise and happiness, we will get it and be able to maintain it as well. And it will be the path that we will see the Dhamma too. Because when we have sila, then we're not troubled, not agitated. We develop mindfulness and samadhi concentration and we don't have anxieties about someone coming to harm or hurt us. 
and even if we have old karma coming up for us, then we can accept it. And we look at the Buddha, at how he practiced sila parami, the spiritual perfection of sila. So even in this era, already 2,565 years after the Buddha's parinibbana, we still recollect the sila parami that the Buddha practiced. In the life when the Buddha was the king elephant Chattan, he developed the higher perfection of sila. Even when he was struck by a poisoned arrow, he did not harm the hunter who had an evil mind, who was Dewadatta in a past life. The elephant Bodhisattva kneeled down and gave away both his beautiful tusks to the hunter. He was willing to die, and he did not harm the hunter. Though the elephant Bodhisattva still had the power and energy to strike and hit the hunter to death, but he didn't. The Buddha kept the precepts. So can we see the Sila Dhamma of the great Bodhisattva, the Buddha of ours, who practiced it and kept it before? He said the results of keeping Sila will be to gain a large amount of wealth and possessions. And so, because of not being heedless, it was the reason that he gained prosperity and abundance, honor and a good reputation. The beauty of Sila will spread far and wide. Those who come close to ones with Sila will have the safety that they won't cheat us, won't lie to us, won't think to take our wealth, and won't trick us to take our life. So those with Sila, wherever they go, they will have courage and be unashamed. And then when they die, they will have mindfulness and not be deluded in death. They die and go to heaven. So Sila has great benefits. And these great benefits of keeping moral precepts don't require the use of any money. One disciple of Venerable Ajahn Chah didn't have much money, but he really wanted to build goodness in his heart. Ajahn Chah said to him, You have no money, then just keep Sila. There is no need to give a lot of dana, just keep Sila. Since then, this layman kept the five precepts along with his wife for their whole lives. This counts as being established in the virtue of Sila and having met an excellent noble Sangha Arahant disciple of the Buddha. So we have met with the Dhamma of the Samma Sambuddha, the fully awakened Buddha. May you be established in Dana, and it is important to progress your minds higher to have Sila. May you meet with goodness and virtue, and it is this Sila Dhamma which will look after your minds. May you all grow in Dhamma, may you grow in blessings.